start start recording. Welcome to Tell Me Why I'm Wrong. The, internet. the internet's favorite podcast about why we're wrong. <laughs> that's, that's right, Sophie. <laughs> You're peppy this morning. I'm, yeah, I'm not. Uh, yeah, it is the internet's favorite podcast about why we're wrong because, let's be honest, we really don't get talked about much on other podcasts. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, if, if there's another show out there that would like to devote itself to why Sophie and I are wrong... You know, go for it, and maybe you'll be maybe you'll be the most popular show about that. It's gonna cost you though. Yeah, royalties. We're, we're coming for you. <laughs> uh, this is uh, season two, episode two. We hate science. Um, before we hate it so much, we do hate it, and we'll talk about that. Before that, though, we, a quick follow up from last week and or last episode and and hobby horses. Sophie, take it away. Uh, I was just going to say that if anybody listening wants to suggest a hobby to me, as long as it's not dangerous or expensive, I will, mm-hmm. I will try to try it and I will, and I'm, and I'll see how it goes and I'll even report back. I think that's, I think that's a great idea, Sophie. That's <laughs> awesome. You yeah, can, so, we can have like a, a, a series of, of reports um, over the course of the season on different yeah. hobbies that you try. So write in guys. Uh, and you, you can write to us on our website, uh, tmwiw.net. There's a little uh, a contact form there. You send an email and, you know, we check that every couple of weeks, whether we whether we need to or not. Uh, and I have a little bit of follow up on last episode, too. We we were talking we were, we were puzzling a little bit about what exactly makes something a hobby. And specifically, I was sort of wondering why CrossFit doesn't feel like a hobby, but other things I do do. And, and it occurred to me the other day that. It, it maybe it has to do with for me a hobby it's not just about doing the thing but about having things that go along with doing the thing like mm. activities beyond just doing the thing like riding bikes isn't just about riding bikes it's also about you know fixing bikes mm-hmm. and uh talking to people about bikes and hanging out in bike shops mm-hmm. whereas crossfit for me is mostly just about going and doing it and then not thinking about it much when i'm not doing it i think that makes perfect sense yeah just mm-hmm. a thought yeah no it's a great thought uh, so with that, let's let's uh, move right into our episode. Um, so n- this is a little bit of a deviation from our normal format. So n- normally, each of us starts a segment by either asking a series of questions of the other person or or making a statement about something that we think that the other person knows more about than we do. But and we're we're sort of trying to start a conversation that way or, or take take our best stab at understanding something that the other person knows more about. This week, it's it's going to be a little bit more like I think it was S one E five or E yeah. I think it was a six. I don't know. One no of six. Yeah, I think it was S one E six where where we just kind of got a little bit spicy and uh, <laughs> and we're mostly like uh, voicing our own opinions about things um, and then talking about them. So it's going to be a little bit more of a of a let's criticize something that we don't like and then and then um, talk about it. So. Yeah, a little bit of a change, get. but mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm going to start it off. Um, Let's just say the thing we don't like. Well, I said the name of the episode, so I thought yeah, people, we, I thought people would we guess. hate science. Um, that sounds really that sounds a little off putting. So if you love science, don't go away. I'm sure that you'll find many reasons to think that we're wrong. You can tell us that we're wrong, or you can think that we're right. 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 Yeah. Take it away. Okay. We love science. 
or so says a popular Facebook page, my timeline is littered with people sharing these short, attention-grabbing articles that present sensationalized versions of scientific studies that overhype the results. People share this crap uh, partially, I think, because they find it interesting, uh, but also to announce to the rest of the world that they're on team science uh, as opposed to like team traditional religion mm. and that they subscribe to rational thought in capitals, uh, not like those, let's face it, pro-life conservatives. Uh, here's the thing, though. Science isn't really about or shouldn't really be about denoting identity. It's about understanding the natural world. Uh, and these people who can love science uh, aren't so different from team religion after all. I like how you're bleeping yourself. Thank you. It's, uh, it's an old uh, radio trick. <laughs> science requires understanding the reasons why something is true, right? It's not just, uh, it's not just knowing a fact about the world. It's, it's about knowing why it's true and, and understanding the evidence uh, uh, that leads people to think that something's true. Um, so just uh, believing something that you read on Facebook doesn't really have anything to do with science, even if the Facebook page is telling you things about the natural world. Um, Plato showed us 2,500 years ago that knowledge is not just right opinion. Uh, so you can make fun of people for just believing something that they read in a book, but uh, believing stuff that you read on a Facebook page is, is not so different, even if the Facebook page has science in the title. And, and you know, that's not to say that, or, or that's, that's not even to say that, what, you know, a lot of the stuff in the, in this in these Facebook pages is really not true. Um, so I I also want to want to make fun of Neil deGrasse Tyson, because um, that dude's terrible. But I think we should jump into the conversation first, and then and then you know I'll, I'll work uh, uh, poor Neil in later and and give him a real whooping. Wow. Uh, yeah. So what do you think of that, Sophie? I mean, I, I kind of like Neil deGrasse Tyson, so I'm a little bit scared. Come but, on! <laughs> but, but this is really... You won't. By the time I'm done, you won't. Well, we'll see about that. Uh, this is really interesting. I want to kind of go back to this idea that... Did you say you were quoting, obviously, but is it knowledge is different than right opinion? Yeah, right. So this is something that, that um, Plato wrote about in the Theotetus. He's trying to... He's, he's got Socrates and Theotetus and a couple other people hanging out talking about what knowledge is. And and one of the things that someone suggests is is that it's right opinion. So mm-hmm. you believe something, that thing that you believe is true, and that's what knowledge is. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Socrates just totally demolishes that idea. Mm. Um, How does he do it? Can you just gloss it for us a little bit? Well, let's say... Let's... Uh, what would an example be? Like... uh. I think that um, I think that the car, my next door neighbor's car, is red. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's true. But but if the reason that I think it's red is because um, um, my cat told me, <laughs> right? That's not really knowledge. If the reason that it's red is because I like looked out my window and I and I can see it and I can see that it's red, that might be knowledge. Mm-hmm. So so the the you need to understand you need to have like good evidence for something in order to count for it to be knowledge like if you're right but for the wrong reasons Mm. that's not really knowledge that's just right opinion this is so interesting um i feel like i want to tell you that you're wrong a little bit about the right opinion thing yeah i mean no i i would say that i think it makes sense to say that having the right opinion believing something that is right or or correct or true is probably not the same thing as knowledge i mean that that makes sense to me but i guess i'm wondering whether it makes whether it's a 
is this realistic as a possibility? I mean, if I said, I'm going to pick you up uh, at seven, look for my car, it's red. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, you, you can, you can know, right. That I'm going to be driving a red car, uh, without having first seen, I mean, you don't have to say, well, Sophie, I'll, I'll know it when I see your car. Right. Uh, Right. So, so so maybe we don't want to draw like a, a super sharp distinction between knowledge and right opinion, mm -hmm. but maybe there's, there's a, uh, some sort of a spectrum there where, where we can understand reasons or have more or less reliable evidence. Well, So that's the part I kind of want to get at because I understand that your cat may not have the best information, especially because cats are kind of colorblind, I think. So my cat also, she never goes outside. So and probably never talks either well okay that was a long pause we'll we'll, we'll get back to that <laughs> no but, she doesn't she she comes and yells at my head in the morning to wake me up it's really upsetting she's just like meh, meh. <laughs> she's the worst oh hate that cat oh no anyway my point and this is not going to surprise you at all or anybody who's listened to these podcasts these episodes but i guess i'm wondering where I mean, we don't exist, each of us, individually in a vacuum, right? Knowledge is in some ways social. So you can, you can believe that I know what color my car is, right? If we're sort of buddies and I'm, you know, we're like in a s- sort of social network. Yeah, okay. So I guess what I'm trying to get at is, so science, science is based on the scientific method and a kind of uh, a rational, and, and I'll get to this in, in my piece on hating on science, but a sort of uh, the aspiration for a kind of like universally applicable set of um, methods and findings. But one of the things that you're complaining about, and I think it's perfectly reasonable to complain about it, is that the people who are posting these things don't know any more about the thing that they're posting than, than or, or they haven't, they haven't, it's not like they discovered this thing, or right. even that they know the science that proves it, in the right. same way that, you know, the, the people that they're, that they're mad at and that they're kind of uh, militating against don't necessarily know uh, anything about, uh, I don't know, mystical revelation or something like that, right? They're, they're both both relying on kind of other people's uh what am i trying to say research findings experience intuition Mm -hmm. whatever and so i totally get that that i think the the problem you're pointing out maybe isn't that these people don't have knowledge it's that that they have the exact same kind of knowledge as the people that they are fighting against which is a kind of secondary knowledge which is okay it's okay to have that kind right i told you my car was red We we can't help it Right. That's the way the world is. That's the way, you know, we, we have divided our labor such that like some people are scientists and some people are theologians and other people just have to believe what they say or they don't have to, but they might, they might. So it's not that these people didn't do all the lab work, right. To, to find these things out. It's that they think that their knowledge is better because it's based on somebody else having done those things. Is this right? Am I getting this right? Yeah, maybe. Um, so, so they're like saying like my knowledge is better is because because it's based in somebody having done a certain kind of research and finding that's better than your kind of figuring things out, but they haven't done that figuring out themselves. Yeah, right. It's 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 like it's about um, it's like a, a glib way of joining a team mm-hmm. uh, without doing any of the work. Yeah, but isn't that what like all of the internet is about? Sure. I mean, the internet yeah. was invented by science, so we can hate that too if you want. No, so I mean, I, I think it should. I think it should be clear from from what I'm saying that I actually I actually don't hate science. Um, uh, I'm I'm really more hating on on what I would call like 
uh, glib science boosterism. I love glib science boosterism as a phrase. Yeah. I, I have loved that ever since I heard you say it like years ago. And it just it just came out and I remembered it and I saved it for this episode. Yeah. Um, Can you say something about the glibness and the boosterism? So so the uh, the the glibness is this it's it's not even not knowing the details or the reasons. It's the it's the mind that just reads something and says, oh that's really cool. And like, and then I'm going to use that as like an ideological weapon, <laughs> you know? Again, that's the whole internet though, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. But it's, I guess, I guess, I mean, I guess that, that's, I don't see that as really an excuse. And, <laughs> um, and I think there's a way that people use this allegiance to science to dodge mm. criticism. Mm-hmm. That I think is true. I where mean, it's like, well, yeah. I'm on team science. So, yeah. and if you're not on team science, then you're an idiot. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and like, look, if I had to choose between team science and team organized religion, I'll choose or, or team traditional religion. I'll, I'll probably end up on team science. Um, but I, I guess I want people to be um, a little more humble mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and, and here, and, 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 you know, you, you mentioned the scientific method and I think that's really important. And I think it sort of, sort of, sort of gets at what I'm saying that like science is not just a, a, a pile of facts. Yeah. It's a method. And but that's my problem with it. We'll get to that later. Okay. Well, I, I think I think that's one of the cool things about it. Sure. But oh, I'm, good. I'm, We're gonna you fight. Know, okay. But um, <laughs> so so treating science as a pile of facts that you can use as a as a way of like joining a team or um, uh, creating an identity uh, seems to like miss what's important and interesting and useful about science. Yeah. That makes really good sense. I mean, I would say just like, I really do think that some of what you're objecting to really is like, this is what the online world has like done to our discourse generally. Um, because I've seen yeah, like probably. other, I've seen like other kinds, like other kinds of theoretical, co- complicated, interesting theoretical apparatuses be weaponized in the same way. Yeah. And well, I mean, we talked about annoying. democratic socialism last Sure. Last right. Or like certain season. kind of critical theoretical things mm-hmm. that like people are you know beating each other with that are really actually complicated yeah. and interesting or like privilege talk you know privilege talk is has a place and can be useful but it can also be weaponized really easily right right so i mean some of that is just the wait what's privilege talk wait what do you mean like by that? talking about like oh you, you know you need to recognize your privilege or yeah, like yeah, that sort yeah. of thing like I, I think it has a place in in analysis but it's also really limited and can just be used as a cudgel yeah cudgel is such a good word it's so true right like there's a there's a way and i mean i think at some level this is this is maybe a separate conversation but a lot of really complicated things that are right analytically useful are currently being yeah being sort of used as blunt objects to to beat people with on the internet yeah um which is sort of dumb but so in some ways that's that's the that's a piece um but then there was something else that you said, and now I've forgotten what I was going to say about it. Was it about science not being like a pile of facts? Yeah, maybe it's, it's a method. Yeah, but I can't remember. So w- tell me more. So that I about it not being a pile of facts? About, about whatever. I mean, I'm sort of, I, I've lost my train of thought and I didn't write it down. So now I'm stuck. 
Well, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think I have anything more to say about science not being like, you know, uh, people always talk about how in science everything is provisional. And, I, you know, that's mm-hmm. sort of true, true to an extent. Um, but people don't really treat it that way. The people you're talking yeah, right. about don't really treat it that way, right? They're sort of like, this is just the fact, so you should think it's cool and think I'm yeah. cool. Maybe it was about building an identity. Oh, maybe. Yeah. The idea that you use it to sort of say something about yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's not very humble. You wanted more humility in all of this. You yeah. wanted more, like, I mean, in some ways, you wanted more, a little bit more of what we've been talking about since we talked about the internet and Twitter, like more slowness, more sort of coming to, you know, coming to understand in a less immediate way. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Right. Well, yeah, right. Because I think, I think, um, I, well, yeah, right. Yeah. And, and, and in doing the work, it's like, <laughs> Uh, I'm thinking of, uh, I'm thinking of Jurassic Park. No. And, uh. I love dinosaurs. I don't want to bring them back though. Right. No, same, same. Um, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a little bit of a stretch, so I I won't go there. But, um, but yeah, just, just. You're not going to do Jurassic Park? Okay. Um, but yeah, that, that, that the actual, the actual work of science requires work and and it requires understanding of the processes um and the evidence and and just um learning a couple uh a couple facts mm-hmm. from a, from a facebook page so just doesn't kinda, have anything to do with science really yeah so you kind of want to insulate science itself like as an actual practice and worldview and method from the kind of like the way that it's been from identity politics of. yeah okay that's interesting that's really interesting i mean I would say that it's it's actually really those two things are totally part and parcel and can't be divided from one another. But that's well, kind maybe of maybe not. That's kind of my set. That's that'll we'll, we can put that off until the second. Okay, sort of I'm, chunk. I'm excited to hear about that. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I yeah, I think it sort of lends itself so here, to that. I, I have a question for you. Would, yeah, what would you think of a person who said Earth needs a virtual a virtual country hashtag rationalia with a one line constitution? All policies shall be based on the weight of the evidence. I I would want to throw up. Uh huh. So that's what that's what Neil deGrasse Tyson said. <laughs> okay. What about, but he's still a nice, cool. I mean, what about like a, someone who said if there was ever a species for whom sex hurt, it, it surely went extinct long ago. Oh shit. Okay. Do, yeah. No. Neil, he's he's he's. Wow. He, okay, I don't like that. No. So, I mean, and maybe this, maybe, maybe. I mean, it's just really insensitive. It's crazy. So maybe, maybe Neil deGrasse Tyson is an argument against everything I've been saying because he is an actual real scientist. He is. And, uh, and oh my God, he says some dumb, dumb things. Well, he's not, I mean, I think he is more like camera ready and, and, uh, probably like certainly more charismatic than most scientists, but that doesn't mean that he necessarily is really great at saying things that aren't really about science. Oh, right. Cause I mean, he's a, sure. he's a, he's a, um, right. Isn't he an astrophysicist? He's a, he's like this, the, the, the um, yeah, something like that. It's like the space. He's into space. He's a space guy. Right. So, so first of all, Spaceologist. Virgin, any, any kind of, clearly we don't know what the fuck we're talking about, but anyway, sorry, Dr. Tyson. Supposed to, but I, I try to mark these um, podcast is is clean rather than explicit, so you please try to um, really bleep yourself. Yeah. Oh no! Look, we I haven't want, been I want doing to, that. We haven't been swearing either, though. Have we? I have. I swear all the time. Yeah, not that much. Okay. And usually it's usually it's the sh word, the poopy word, not. Um, 
not the other one. But <laughs> anyway, I want, I want all the kids to be able to listen to our show. So my point, though, is that talking about inventing virtual polities that should have certain kinds of like laws is it, it, that's not what he like has devoted his life to studying. He's just he's just saying these things. But so he he said that, and everyone like people freaked out and were like, oh my god, loved like, it? this is no no no, like this is the dumbest most awful thing oh, I've I ever see. heard. Okay. And then he he came back and wrote a whole article. Um, about how it's not the dumbest thing you've ever yeah, heard? Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. I mean, I guess I don't know enough about him except for that I sort of like – I mean, maybe I'm one of those people that you hate, but I kind of liked him a little bit. Um, well, but, no. but the thing about scientists that I like is that they still say stupid things that I don't like. That I mean, so that's that, true. That could be. But I, I mean, specifically what I don't like about this rationalia thing is and – and I'm surprised that – I'm surprised that you tolerate this from him, but that he's he's sort of using – this idea of, of rationalism and yeah. and science and thinks that that uh, is is the answer to political problems. But that's completely what science does and has always done. So I mean, that's sort of at base what 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 it is. I think uh, 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 an attempt to solve political problems. An attempt to solve all problems using the same method of of a certain kind of rational approach. So it is. I mean, it is a set of methods and a rational approach, and but it's it's sort of a, a question larger than science about what set of problems to try to solve with it. And yeah, so you would like you, scientists you cr- to stay playing with you know like fish and atoms and s- looking at stars and stuff. You you think that science should really kind of contain itself to w- what you refer to as the natural world, and that it does well with trying to explain and explore that that part of human experience or that part of the the life of of our planet. And it shouldn't sort of like come on into public policy or or just like making statements. Right. About- so, which is not to say that public policy shouldn't be informed by our understanding of the natural world. Like clearly that's really, really important. But to think that you can reduce policy questions to scientific questions is a mistake. And, and here's where we got to go to our friend, David Hume. Um, so D- wow. David Hume who's an 18th century Scottish philosopher, uh, really, really brilliant. And and one of the things that he says is, is you can never derive the ought from the is. So the ought, the O-U-G-H-T. Sure. So, so just knowing the state Not of the world. A-U- right, right, right. Knowing the state of the world uh, can never tell you what you should do. You always need some set of values or ethics or, or imagination something. Imagination or something, yeah. Right, but specifically an ethical uh, mm-hmm. imagination. Mm-hmm. Right, because ought and is are, are different modes. Um, so, and and what what Neil deGrasse Tyson is trying to do here with his with his all policy should be based on the weight of the evidence. Is he's trying to reduce ought to is, uh, or but really what he's doing is just sort of assuming a set of ethics and thinking that they're obvious and indisputable. Well, so I think I'm really glad that you said the word indisputable because I want to talk about Bill Nye for a second, who I Ooh. also find like avuncular and charming and sort of like him. But isn't like, that part of what makes these guys creepy and scary? That they're avuncular and charming? Right. Pro- while they, pro- while probably, saying really horrible things? I mean, probably, but I fell for it. So what can I okay. say? Um, Do we want to just go into your – it seems like we're bleeding into your No, no, because I want to f- – I want to finish what what you were what you were talking about, but uh, okay. I, mean, I can I mean I can save I can save um, Bill Nye for for that later bit, but but I mean I think um, I think one thing that you're positing is that well you're you're trying to you're struggling to to like sort out the relationship of, of politics to science, and one thing that I think we can both agree on is that there is like this weird implicit built in. That's what implicit means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but unstated. What am I trying? But unstated. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like um, 
like it's this weird double-edged thing where on the one hand, I think maybe these globe science boosters want to say that science is always impartial and impolitic and it's just the facts, ma'am. And on the <laughs> other hand, because of the like, because of the implicit ethical position, it's also like, it's also always political, but it's like, but it's like always going to be the right politics uh, uh, yeah, right. According yeah, to those people, yeah, right? Yeah. No, Does that that's, make sense? Yeah, right, right. It's just the facts, but it also turns out that it should govern our politics. Yeah, like I think I saw, I mean, to, to kind of like um, just graft onto what you're saying that's, before. That's, that, really, that really nails it, Sophie. Thank you. Oh, good. Hey, yeah. thanks. You're right. Wish, you're not wrong about that. I wish I could have said it like in a way that uh, I wish I could recapture it because I feel like it's slipping away from me already. But one of the things that uh, I see on the internet a lot, or maybe not as much as, as I used to, but like a, a thing about how like science isn't political. So we shouldn't be kind of like, like let's not cut the the national science foundation because like that's a political move and science isn't political, which is like just utter cockamamie. Like that's just not, tr- I mean, that's just not true. And, um, and even if science were somehow apolitical, apolitical. Even, yeah. even, even if it were apolitical, the question of whether or not to fund it with public funds is a political, political. question. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. 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 And so like the sort of like just the facts, man thing. Um, but I mean, it's sort of like, it's, it's an attempt, I think, to insulate the science boosters from political from critique, yeah. but then they want, they're, they want then they want the to turn around and use science. They want. Yeah. yeah right. I mean, and I, use science to support it. To, to me, like just from a, this is just like a totally partisan bitchy thing to say, but like it was a long time coming that suddenly people were like, Oh no. Scientists were like, Oh no, our funding is getting cut. And like artists and humanitarians, right? Humanists, I guess humanitarians is a different thing. Um, you know, people in the humanities and social sciences and arts were like, Oh, you're just getting this now. Right, <laughs> like we've right. been underfunded yeah. and like despised. Welcome to the party. Yeah, for like decades. Like slow clap. Like welcome. Yeah. Um. And, and but there's like the the level of like outrage. Like you can't possibly do this to us. We're so important. It's galling. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So wait, what was that smart thing I said about about? science being non-political but political at the same time so just the the notes that i wrote down just said it just oh, you took notes i just wrote it down when you said it was slipping out because i wanted to grab it uh yeah. thanks just the facts not politics but the, like science is about just the facts it's not about politics but then it should also govern all our politics yeah because i mean and that's basically the um the beef you have with the uh with neil degrasse tyson's kind of statement right is that it's sort of like trying to do both right he's he's, he's pretending that uh right he's, he's pretending that there's such a thing as uh policy guided by evidence absent ethics or politics mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. crazy and yeah. not just crazy like wrong but crazy like something that has led to like really really terrible outcomes in the past can you can you say more about that uh yeah let me see if i can come up with a good example um hmm. I mean something like eugenics maybe. Okay, I mean eugenics is complicated because it's uh, certainly like we have this like very I mean this is totally rational and reasonable but we have this particular view of eugenics as like genocidal and and violent but then mm-hmm. if, if you know to be fair like there's also people like Ellen Key, who's a Swedish eugenicist, who's just like, I think that we should make sure that moms are healthy and choosing when they have their babies because that's better for everybody. Um, so we have to sort of like, I mean, which is totally policy, right? It still drives yeah, yeah, like yeah. certain kinds of um, certain kinds of like uh, maternal health policies in, 
well, all over the world, but especially in Scandinavia. But, but yeah, I mean, the thing I was going to think of, which is not as like horrifying and violent and bloody as, as the outcome of eugenic thinking, but, you know, like, um, needing to like quantify everything, like, like, um, like in schools with kids, like everything is a, a, an outcome and you have to oh. measure things. And, hmm. but like some things that doesn't work for, like I know somebody who's a, a professor in a drama department and they have to like measure why studying drama is good for their students okay. with these like bizarre mathematical, like kind of numerical um rubrics that just don't make any sense and so but then they like aren't their department's not going to get funded if they don't have the good enough outcomes measured by these like completely um like inappropriate sort of scientific rubrics hmm. maybe i don't know if that counts yeah that seems that saying. seems a little bit different yeah but you know it makes me nervous like whenever someone tries to hide the politics and politics it makes me nervous mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and to treat a political question as a or, or an ethical question as a uh as a factual question mm-hmm. makes me mm-hmm. nervous. You yeah. Know, it's bad philosophy and it's bad politics. It is. It is really bad philosophy. Yeah. It is. I think we agree on that. Yeah. Hey, Sophie, I, I, I want to hear what you have to say. Cause yeah. I feel like we've been rubbing up against it and I it's just want to get in. into it. And it's, then, it's creeping in. Yeah. So, okay. Um, I will, I, you know, and I've got some quotes from scientists too. So oh, cool. Yeah. So going, the reason I look the comfortable source. Yeah, with science. And it's, you're going to be interested because I got Lord Kelvin here, and he sounds Ooh. a lot like Neil deGrasse Tyson. Okay, cool. And the reason I'm uncomfortable with science as a method of approaching the world is its constant attempts to be totalizing. Um, as an epistemology, it wants to say the world is totally understandable and can be explained in certain kinds of rational, measurable, universally applicable ways. And obviously to me anyway, this is part of the legacy of the, of the enlightenment, which has obvious flaws that <laughs> get talked about a lot. We can talk about, but so Lord Kelvin said, if you can measure what you are speaking about and express it in numbers, you know something about it, but when you cannot measure it and you cannot express it in numbers, your knowledge is of a meager and unsatisfactory kind. Mm. This used to make me literally cry. <laughs> really? Yeah. When I was, when I was young, like, I was but I'm not to... good at numbers. Yeah. Well, and also like, I was sort of beginning to see myself as, as like, this was in college, you know, so it's like a, mm-hmm. a humanist, someone who was interested in history and literature and as a poet, um, you know, it, it felt so exclusionary. And it's also the beginning of the prioritization of scientific ways of knowing uh, over and above other kinds of qualitative or intuitive, intuitive um, mm-hmm. ways. And we know where that gets us. So take so an wait, issue that's... Wait, where does it get us? Well, I mean, for example, what I was just talking about, sort of trying to measure the arts by these like weird sort of like rubrics. So take an issue that's very dear to my heart, climate change, which we haven't talked about surprisingly yet. One of the ways that issue gets framed is as a fight between those who believe climate science and those who don't. And for the record, I do. And I think climate scientists are awesome. And I know a few of them. So hi, guys. You're great. But we're using the same technique to understand and solve the issue as caused it. Our climate problem begins in the... Okay, sorry. Keep going. Our climate problem begins in the Industrial Revolution with the discovery of fossil fuels, which could not have been possible without the Enlightenment scientific revolution and the preference for things like efficiency, speed, being able to measure things, the rational invention, right, making things better, faster. Um, uh, One thing we've learned, especially through recent indigenous actions around the world, but especially at Standing Rock, is that there might be other... um, worldviews that allow us to effectively protect the planet on other grounds. Uh, But here's where the devotees of science get irrational. They often, I find, and this is sort of like the political piece, they'll often embrace 
or endorse non-Western, non-scientific ways of seeing the world, but reject, say, like an evangelical or creationist Christian one, which makes perhaps some political sense, but it doesn't make any philosophical sense. You can't say the Big Bang is fact and everything else is bullshit, and then turn around and be friendly to certain kinds of alternate explanations of creation, but not others. Um, some ways of thinking can allow for multiple explanations to coexist, but science can't, and that's why I hate it. That was a big sigh. Yeah. 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 Um, huh. I mean... <sighs> I mean, I guess I, where we uh, disagree is just that you think that these glib science boosters are guilty of doing some kind of, like, violence towards actual science by, by taking it and sort of using it as a, a political weapon or, like, an episode. Is that a, a, epistemological? epistemological? Yeah, epistemological weapon. And what I'm saying is that's what science is. An epistemological weapon. It, it, well, no, it doesn't have to be a weapon, but I do think it's, it's framed that way, and historically it's been used that way. Yeah, sure. Or, um, yeah. <sighs> I'm worried. What, what's happening? <laughs> I, uh, I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out my, my way into your argument. Why I'm wrong. Yeah. Cause I, I do think you're wrong. Um, and I'm, I'm having, I'm just having a little bit of trouble. Uh, I'm having a little bit of trouble getting in. So, so Lord Kelvin says, yeah. if, if you, if you can't, if you can't measure it and, and talk about it with numbers, you don't really know anything about it. Your knowledge is of a meager and unsatisfactory kind. Yeah, and... Which is just, like, insulting. I mean, that's a really, that's, like, a really crappy thing to say, I think. It is. It about is. About knowledge and, like, knowing and wisdom and these kinds of things, like, and discovery. It's just, like, that's just mean. Um, yeah, right, right. Um... <sighs> like, it's actually the complaint you had in some ways about, like, the 900,000th book about the Iliad, where it's, like... Let's see if this one word particle is this thing or this thing. I mean, that's not, it's not quite, but it's sort of like what you need to know about the Iliad, what you know from reading the Iliad has nothing to do with that. Right, like right. Reducing it to just like a metrical kind of math problem is not going to get you any closer to knowing, knowing the Iliad than just reading it and experiencing so, it. So, right. So, so I, think, I think we need to back up to what we, – we just need to settle what knowledge is first and then we can – Oh, that's all. <laughs> But but I I think you know uh, when it comes to science, if you if you take knowledge to mean something like and this this doesn't totally work, but something like um, the ability to make predictions about things that will happen in the natural world, mm-hmm. then you eliminate a lot of these problems. Wait, like, I don't understand. So, like, if you say, like, my ability to make predictions about the natural world is uh, is dependent on my on my ability to understand it numerically, mm-hmm. um, there's some real truth there. Yeah, sure. Um, so, I guess you know, I see the problem is like one of of taking uh, the ability to make predictions about the natural world to be the sum total of what knowledge is. Mm-hmm. But is science really only about making predictions? 
It's not about just explaining why things are. But uh, the way you explain it is by making predictions. Is that true? Yeah. Basically. Like this has happened, so it's going to happen again. Right. Or or we we know X, Y, and Z, and based on these things, we predict that A, B, and C will happen under these conditions. And then we do those conditions and we see if A, B, and C happen. Oh, I see. This is like a like a lab in a lab thing. Like like like, like you would be like, here's my hypothesis. Let's mm-hmm. see if it happens. I see. But then the conclusion you come to are the conclusions you come to are not predictive. No, that- right? There's they're sort of like, and so this is this, right? Like it's an explanation. It's an explanatory conclusion. Yeah, but 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 again, the 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 you know whether it's true, uh, or or you judge its truth value by its ability to. Um, inform predictions. I don't know if that's true. I mean, I'm thinking about like geology. All of these rocks are mm-hmm. were were formed millions of years ago, and I don't think any geologists are saying we can predict that in a million years there'll be more. I don't know what. Well, I mean, I think something. they would they would predict that. That's not they a particular would, risky prediction. The, but, but they that's may not also the point predict of geology. They may also say like, okay, given given uh, this, we would predict that we would find uh, these sorts of rocks in alongside these other rocks and we'll find them in these sorts of conditions and with all of this they have to predict it they can just go but and they look. do but they do and then they really? and then they go and look or or they say like okay given this sort of stuff going on in the future and if we shoot the ground with like i don't know sonar what whatever they do we'll find oil you know <laughs> I think a mile like, beneath it <laughs> we really don't know anything about science like that's but, what's emerging from this discussion that's like, true we, but, i don't know what they do but but they, ge- they have but test ge- tubes or something and big glasses but geologists absolutely absolutely make predictions and that that like that's how they find oil deposits by well, geologists right. making predictions and then them turning out to be true so i think well okay so but in some ways what what you're then pointing to is like the i mean i think those people maybe are engineers but but uh <laughs> but like so the, the the is there like a dividing line between the pure sciences that, that are like what what do what do stars mean? Like, wh- why does a star twinkle, right, or something like that? And people who are like, uh, I've just described poets instead. Yeah. Uh, yep. No, but but you know, like, and what can we get out of this? And that's sort of my point: is that science at least emerges from a what can we get out, of, or, or very quickly becomes a what can we get out of this? And so maybe I'm maybe I'm complaining that it's like always extractive. I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm grasping now at like straws, but. It it seems to me that other kinds of knowledge systems are not attempting to colonize everything. Um, And you can write like, okay, so like certain kinds of like literary critical theory wants to say that everything is a text Uh and everything can be read as a text. But like people hate that and think it's dumb. And so it doesn't like that has not been applied to the world in the way that science gets applied to the world right but the the difference is that critical theory like hasn't improved anyone's life i don't think that's true (laughs) critical theory has done has done relatively little to improve people's lives whereas science has true either relative where whereas science has has lifted billions and billions of people out of um out of abject poverty Okay, but read The Condition of the Working Class in England by Friedrich Engels, and you'll find that the first thing it did was to plunge billions of, well, millions of people into poverty. The first thing science did? The, well, I mean, I think so, you're talking so about a certain kind of so material t- comfort, right? I mean, based on industrialization. But, but the first thing that industrialism does is, is just, like, deeply depress people's quality of life. Sure. Yeah. 
Like really extremely so. But so what I, you know, and that's my point about like, this is, this is the, we're solving the, we're using the same technique to solve the problem as created the problem. Uh, but that's, I don't think that's, I don't think that's right. I mean, like if, if, so, okay. And here's, here's where we go back to Neil deGrasse Tyson. Like if, if your, if your measure is, um, if your measure is living standards and Neil deGrasse Tyson is going to say like, that's just good science. Um, <laughs> but if, if your measure is like, You're so mean to him, if your measure is, is material living standards, then approximately a hundred percent of the rise in human living standards in the history, uh, like since the, uh, invention of agriculture has occurred since the start of the industrial revolution. I mean, I guess that he can argue that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm on board, but I'll, I'll accept it. So if that's it. your measure. He's not a historian, like, right? He's not, he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying that he would say that, that just that, that uh, material living standards is, is, of course, that's the correct measure. I'm sure. I'm saying. Which probably isn't. I'm saying if it is, if it is the measure that you're going to use, then, then yeah, really it's, it's like a, about a hundred percent. Now you can argue against that, but when you, when you see the chart, it's like, it's pretty compelling and like, yeah, people got really messed up by the industrial revolution. But, um, um, but again, just like, uh, if you take like a little bit of a wider time perspective, um, it's really, it's really been amazing. Now, like you said, that maybe that's not the right measure, but I think any, any critique of industrialism has to reckon with it and has, has to reckon with, with just advances in living standards created by the industrial Mm-mm. revolution. I think the advances in living standards are at some level created by the industrial revolution only because, and this is what Engels would say, only because it causes the people who create wealth for nations who have always been the workers, right? Here we go on a little like socialist rant, mm-hmm. right? He would say it's always been the workers who create wealth, um, right? Starting with agricultural labor, but also he's specifically interested in hand workers and, and artisans like he says that the only, that the industrial revolution gives them class consciousness, gives them an idea of their own power, but that's political. And I think he would say that the reason that material standards go up is because of labor unions and because of the fight for the franchise, right? So, so industrial workers in Britain get the vote and they get collective bargaining and other kinds of political power because they recognize their own role in creating wealth for England because of the industrial revolution. The industrial revolution itself doesn't do that. Well, uh, I mean, like, I, physical, I understand like that the the, the, me, the, me, the mechanical stuff doesn't do that. All that does is like make certain industrialists really wealthy. So, so overall, it creates more wealth, and the question of how that wealth is distributed is a political question, but um, and a social question. Yeah, I mean, it's, right. But it's 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 yeah, it's it's that's not just a like a quantitative. But if you're going to say the industrial revolution, you can't just mean like the science that like like diesel or something, right? Like the science that creates these mechanized. Um, I mean, diesel the guy, right? Like yeah. these sort of mechanized engines and stuff. Like like if you want to talk about the industrial revolution, it's really complicated, and there's lots of factors, and it's not just like the stuff that the scientists made and invented. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's like reductive to say that. To, I just think it's reductive. That's just a historical dumb way of thinking about stuff. Maybe okay. So so two two thoughts about this. One, we're gonna have to do an episode sometime where. Um, actually, I may, I may have put it on our list as Amos mm. is a vulgar Marxist. <laughs> no, I haven't 
seen this Let's see. Did I? Uh, no, it's not on the list. Wow. Okay, let me add it right now. Amos is a vulgar Marxist. Well, you're certainly vulgar. Right. So, so, and this, this is something we touched on before, but just the, the question of like, is all historical change fundamentally about changes in technology and, um, or, or in material conditions and. Sure. And I, I, I think maybe it is. Um, you are a vulgar Marxist. That's why I said that. Um, <laughs> So, but that's which Marx was not, by the way. I mean, he he would he would disagree with you. He wasn't so vulgar. He wasn't. Yeah, uh, unkempt maybe, but not vulgar. <laughs> he had birds living in his beard. <laughs> that was Edward Lear. I mean, uh, he didn't really. He just wrote that poem about. Um, it, but but also, I feel like we're just getting pretty far from the question of of science as hege- as a hegemonic force maybe yeah well but don't you think it is because it's like it's essentially and here like i go on a limb but like it's essentially a, a western kind of philosophical i don't know set of stuff that gets imp- can get imposed i mean so here's here's the thing like the like everybody else in the world their idea about how the world works before science was just like dumb and wrong sure yeah right and that's that's obnoxious i think i think well and racist and 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 incorrect right uh so i think the sort of self-correcting aspects of science get overplayed by people who defend science oh can you say what you mean by that so so there's this idea that science can be wrong at at a particular about a particular subject at a particular time but it will always correct itself because someone will show that it's wrong and Mm. that will get incorporated into the body of knowledge Mm -hmm. and a new writer explanation will get uh created isn't that what people also say about the pope being infallible be. but then but then like the next infallible pope comes and says it's like the a little opposite. bit more infallible, I, infallible. I don't know i, I don't I know. really don't know i don't know so so you know a classic example would be that, you know newton and his laws of motion yeah. and right. then uh and then einstein came along and showed that they were not laws um mm. they were approximations that were that worked at you know as long as things weren't moving as as long as things were roughly the same size as people, mm-hmm. you know, within within mm-hmm. you know a few, I don't know, yeah, roughly the same or, size. Or as like pe- the atom, right? Like the, that was the smallest. Atoms don't work so well, no, no, but sorry. things bigger than atoms. Yeah. So like the the atom was the small. The whole point of the word atom is it's like the smallest thing that you can break matter break anything down right. into. And then they were like, we we popped it open, and there's some, there's even there's tinier stuff. stuff in there. Yeah. yeah. And, and as long as things aren't moving anywhere close to the speed of light, then yeah. Newton's laws of motion work pretty well. But Einstein showed that they're actually they're not really laws, and we've got this uh, wider. Uh, perspective and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, or 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 you know, something would be something else might be like in uh, in health research. Like we might think that one thing is healthy, and it, but it turns out the research was flawed, and new research shows that the uh, the old research was flawed, and that gets incorporated. And, right, sure. And it just has this self correct, and and I think that gets overplayed. I think there's a lot of ways where where uh, again for like social and political reasons things ideas stick around longer mm-hmm. than, than, than they should. Than they yeah. should. And mm-hmm. I forget why I was talking about that though. <laughs> uh, science is hegemony. Well, can I say my Bill Nye thing now? Yeah, go for it. Well, I mean, he wrote a book called indisputable, which I haven't read, but oh, I remember. Oh, you sorry. Want to say let me, let me just... yeah. yeah. So, but just, just what I was saying is, is that, um, 
science if if you take it as a as a as a system for learning how to make predictions about the natural world then it's doing something different from what fundamentally different from what other knowledge systems do mm. um so mm-hmm. you can have different ideas about its relationship to other knowledge systems then i see but, so you're solving my problem uh, You're trying to solve my problem. You're trying to say, like, if science recognizes its proper place, then Sophie doesn't have to hate it. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Now, you can you can still hate, um, you know, industrialization. Right? I don't necessarily, but, it, but yeah. Yeah, but if you want to, you can. But but just that that's a, that's a little – that's not the same thing as science. Uh, right. Uh, right. And, and, and you can dislike the way science gets used to, as you said, to, like dis- – uh, destroy other belief systems or whatever. Um, but you know, if you, if you put it in the category of like, this is about making predictions about the natural world, this is doing other stuff, then you, you know, you might be able to, to resolve that issue. Um, Mm. and, and sort of my, my beef with Neil deGrasse Tyson, I guess then would be him trying to use science to go outside that, outside that lane. Yeah, you want scientists to stay in their lane. Yeah, and and my point, I think, is just that like they, the the whole point There's of no science is that it doesn't it doesn't stay in that lane because I mean, in some ways, like we could see them as the underdogs because they're emerging out of this like totally different worldview that that says all this stuff is is like silly and and wrong, right? Like like even even previous to the Enlightenment, um, at the beginning of the scientific revolution, it makes it makes no sense. Like scientists are trying to say you can trust your senses, mm-hmm. yeah, and especially if you have extra technology like Galileo has his telescope, um, you can use your senses to 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 see and track i mean and i i have to say like i love the starry messenger i could read that all day like his excitement about being able to see craters on the moon and the the Mm. ways that he's coming to conclusions just beautiful and wonderful but you know for a lot of people in the renaissance trusting your senses first of all it doesn't make sense because that's not the worldview but second of all people can't trust their senses they don't have glasses how can you trust what your eyes see if you're i mean literally like a lot of stuff about like the body being flawed you know, which kind of becomes a, a like a Christian or a Catholic kind of way of seeing the body and the senses. Like it's really rational because the senses are really flawed. And if you don't have those kind of technologies to correct your vision, let's say you're, you're not going to be, what you see is not really what's there. I mean, I know mm-hmm. when I take my glasses off, what I see is not, not really what's there. Sure. sure. Everything's blurred. So, um, but but my point about uh, Bill Nye, who I also like, and I like his little bow ties and all that. Yeah. But he has this, this book called Indisputable, and I, I you know I just I don't like the title because <laughs> it's of course it's disputable, dude. I mean everything is. And watch when I me, teach, just watch wh- me. Why? I mean, y- on the ground, on the if we all agree to the terms, and if the terms are scientific terms, you're right. <laughs> right. But again, like I would say, but like, we didn't agree to those terms. Like, let's put it in the box and say if it's if you're talking about making predictions about the natural world, then maybe you're right. Well, right, but like, I mean, when I when I teach ancient world history, we start with creation myths, all kinds of creation myths, and like one of them, which I don't, you know, one of the, and they, and they so I assign some creation myths, and then we also read the textbook. And the textbook says like this is how human beings became human beings, and this is how the world was created. And I ask my students like, why isn't this a creation myth? And they're and they're like, because it's true. I'm like, were you there? You know, like uh, these are so so. So wait, the say that again. Like like you read about like like an anthropological account about the yeah, origin well, of human right, beings. Right, right, right. And so so the textbook will be like you know however many 
million years ago. This is how the like earth got created. And then like human beings eventually evolved. And um, so, I mean, you could say that, that it's not a myth because it's true. I mean, that's obviously kind of facile, but I do think there's, there's the, uh, I wouldn't want people to walk away from a show with the, with the, the understanding that you're saying that it, that that sort of account is fundamentally the same as uh, what we normally call a mythological account. Yeah, but I can't teach world history if we're going to say the things that we know are right and everything else that everyone else knew before they knew what we knew, what we know is dumb and wrong. Right. We can't get at anything then because we're going to always just be these arrogant jerks looking at the past and being like, these people are dumb. I mean, that could be, I just, right. I mean, how are you going to understand Egyptian society's relationship to the Nile? If you're like, well, (laughs) like if only they understood that it's not a God and it does, I mean, yeah, right. You're, you're, right. you're limiting your ability to understand all these different worlds that existed in the past and continue to exist with their own rules. But the but that sort of uh, you know astronomical, geological, anthropological account of the origin of the world and the origin of human beings is is fundamentally different from from mythological accounts. Maybe, but going back to what you said at the first, the people who believe in it their belief is not so different from other beliefs. Sure, sure. Right? So right. The, but, my but students also, are not anthropologists or yep. like big bang scientists. They just believe they it read because it somebody in a book told somewhere. us them. Yeah. And it yeah. informs their and, way of understanding their lives, which is exactly the same yep. as every, every other myth. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. Um, but, you know, yeah, I just, you know, there's, there's uh, reasons to... Um, yeah, there's 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 evidence for some of these other accounts in ways that there's not for traditional mythological accounts. Well, but you've got to so in any any of these you've got to make a leap of faith, right? Because you're going to make a leap that says this is the kind of evidence that I believe is correct. Um, that's that, but that's a leap, right? If you endorse certain kinds of evidentiary methods and you say okay i can trust my senses and this is the kind of evidence that i'll believe that's a leap of faith just as much as like i any other leap of faith right no right yeah no because because it goes back to the ability to make predictions but i'm not sure i believe that science is just about making predictions i i don't think that's right it's it's not strictly speaking but it's a pretty good it's a pretty good heuristic um i just feel like our scientist friends would not say that well, hey, scientist friends, please, yeah. please Could you write to us and let tell us, us know what you think about this idea of science. Tell Amos fundament- that he's wrong. <laughs> and, and if you try to tell me I'm wrong, like. Um, you better have some good evidence. Yeah, yeah. And a microscope Because some I think big this goggles. Is pretty, pretty compelling argument that the science is fundamentally about making predictions. Uh, and that if you're not making predictions, you're not doing science. You're I doing something else. And I actually, interestingly enough, I actually think there's a pretty strong argument that that the theory of evolution is is not scientific for this reason. Whoa! That what it just do- happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what uh, just happened to my brain? That 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 the theory of evolution, unlike just about everything else in science, doesn't really inform predictions. And and I could be wrong about that. The 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 state of things may have changed since I read up on this, but um. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's, there's not a, not, uh, yeah. So we're defining science differently, and and one of us is probably uh, yeah. one or both of us is probably wrong. Well, maybe, maybe. Um, but I think we we're, we're definitely de- we're definitely defining it 
differently, but I'm I'm not sure that I, I'm not sure that either of us is wrong because I think you're just you're talking about science as a social force. Mm. And I'm, and I'm ex- a social explanatory force, right? Of, of like describing the world. And I'm really talking about as a knowledge, just as like a knowledge system and method. But I think you're, you're you, like, when you say science, I think you're talking, yeah, you're talking about it as like this social political force. But I think it always is and was that. So maybe, maybe. Because it's trying to say, I mean, some of it, some science is about human um social forms right like here's how we should set things up in a rational manner so that human beings yeah i think science always has a should sort of like inside of it or or at least like well okay not always that's that's not true you're right i'm wrong but i think like when i'm thinking about like the kind of root and i'm not an historian of science so my and i do have friends who are so they'll probably oh we should they should definitely write in they should please write in but that's that would be really helpful the kind of roots of this are are very um it's that same like kind of like coy i'm not being political but like i obviously mm-hmm. am kind of thing always with social sciences uh yeah i mean and this is of course like i'm thinking of some of this some of this predates like specialization where science sort of like breaks apart into yeah. into different fields so but i mean even thinking about like the enlightenment um like enlightenment thinkers who are not doing the kind of science that you're talking about but they are thinking about like how should human beings rationally form their government like how should they form their society you know they're trying to use a kind of scientific method um which is like pretty new in a lot of ways yeah. to, to think that way and so like that's always social I, I think sure that that definitely is and and so you want to kind of put the natural sciences aside and i guess what i'm saying is like there's a certain moment of time moment in time and i don't i couldn't i couldn't tell you a date when that happened when that becomes possible to say like natural sciences yep. over here and everybody else like over here but uh i think that's like actually pretty late that that happens that would be that would be interesting to hear more about from a historian of science yeah I, I, you know my my knowledge of the history of science is is focused you know it's mostly been about like uh early enlightenment like newton physics and that's yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. paradigm that everyone uses for understanding what knowledge is yeah. and everyone has a real boner for for newton all the, <laughs> all these modern philosophers uh, and they, they all, do. Oh, they love him, and they because they think he's finally introducing true knowledge of the natural world, and and they they all want to show how their philosophy is an extension of Newton to to philosophy. Mm. So, can and, they and, give me a name of like somebody who does that? Uh, uh, Leibniz. Well, I guess Leibniz oh, okay. is not. I guess he's like at the same time as Newton, but he's doing yeah, the same thing. Yeah, I was going to say like these aren't these aren't like contemporary philosophers. No, like, no, no, no. Mo- okay. Oh, sorry. Modern philosophers are like from Descartes to <laughs> Kant. <laughs> it's it's oh, a little okay. confusing. So it's like it's very confusing. Yeah, it's like late 16th century to early 19th century. Got it. That's, and so then, and then like, and then it's what like continental or something it gets called. Yeah, yeah. Then you get like like continental is usually like Hegel, yeah. like post Hegel and after. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's like eighteen thirties yeah, later. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we should you, talk about Hegel you, someday. I don't have very much to say, but really, we can, tr- we can try. I've never read Hegel. He's he's. I don't know. I I mean. I, we know that, like, well, whatever. Well, that's a second. That's that's a separate. That's <laughs> a separate thing. But you were saying something good, something interesting. I think. Uh, philosophers like Newton. Oh, just that my knowledge of the history of science sort of is is filtered through modern philosophers who were mostly interested in math, physics, and yeah. um, a little bit of astronomy because that was that. 
yeah. that was very mathematical. So, so I don't know very much about like early social science sort of stuff, but, um, but do, but I do think like at that time, like, well, okay. A little bit previous, but like astrology and astronomy were the same thing still. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, a little bit previous. Like, our, yeah, but but our idea that like you know I mean these two things are like they're they're enmeshed, but and, and it's only later they get sorted. Sort out. of historically they're enmeshed, but conceptually yeah. in terms of like uh, these activities, there's some important differences, and and I do think there are important differences between natural sciences and social sciences. I agree. Um, I don't want the social sciences to have to do what the natural sciences do. I think they can't. I mean, how could you have anthropology if it had to be a, if it you know like you you can't have you can't have any kind of relativistic uh engagement or description of any culture if if you like if you just say like we can only have empiricism yeah sure these people's beliefs are irrational right because the idea is that you have to try and understand where they're coming from and why how how these how these social systems work and you can't do that if you're just judging them right which i think is what science does uh, it could. Yeah. 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 But I think we agree. I think we agree, don't we, that like part of the problem is that sometimes science makes certain kinds of scientists who become celebrities, they get arrogant, right? Like Stephen Hawking said this thing about how like there's no afterlife. <laughs> right. He's like, I've been near death a lot of times and I know. Right. It's like, but so, okay. Is that how that I works? mean, yeah. Yeah. Right. Or, or there's, you know, there's this thing, I think, I think, I think we, again, just to hammer on Neil deGrasse Tyson, there's this thing where being, you know, I, I think this happens. Which not I just don't with endorse. Scientists. I just want to say. Okay. <laughs> that, that, uh, <laughs> being an expert in, in one thing can lead people to think that they know, uh, about everything. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I, I understand that the audience may think that's an odd thing for me to be complaining about since this whole <laughs> given, show, given our this whole show is sort of premised on me running my mouth about things that I don't know very much about. But like I, even when I'm running my mouth, I know I don't know that much about it. Yeah. Uh, but I think, you know, oh, I think you see this with uh, the, the worst is when engineers start talking about politics. Oh, interesting. Oh, it's I've the never, worst. I don't think I've Pay seen attention. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they, they, they think it's all very clear and very obvious what should be done. Uh, like what? Well, that's not the point. Okay. Yeah. Like, like I mean, that <laughs> that could vary. Okay. Okay. But, I see. Uh, but the fact that they think everyone else is dumb and that you just need to think it through carefully, and then it'll be ob- obvious what to do. That's so interesting. Yeah. Did you see that um, tweet from Tanahisi Coates that said, "Like, if you ever feel hopeful, don't talk to anybody in a history department. You can't handle it." <laughs> I feel like historians and like were like, well, you know, actually, there's like these 50 other things you should be thinking about. And they just like pop your bubble and it's sad. And yeah. 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 I mean, uh, yeah. Well, we, we could we could do an episode where we talk about him sometime because he, he has he writes about history a lot and he's got mm-hmm. interesting things. He's really brilliant. Yeah, and he's got he's got interesting things to say about the way history has informed his understanding of the world. Yeah, I really like the way that he kind of like posits himself sort of like as a student of history i i, yep. I really i like that approach very much yeah, and maybe that's a, just because it makes me feel good about myself well but like, I, I mean i, I think, think he's, he's a little really bit thoughtful. about i agree and i and i think he's a little bit of going back to last episode i think he's a little bit of that that like scholar in the world that you were talking about where he's not attached to mm. any sort of academy mm. but he mm-hmm. uh but he's a serious reader of history and he writes about it but he, he does it in a sort of non-academic way uh, mm-hmm. and uses it to inform other other stuff mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. i think that's kind of interesting mm-hmm. uh i don't know do so we... i'm just surprised that we disagree so much yeah so look there's there's a there's a part of me that really really wants to love science and it's just yeah. it's just when i actually encounter it in the real world that i start getting frustrated with it 
Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if, when we're talking about science in the abstract, um, or, or like then, then when you start criticizing science in other ways, uh, like I'll come to its defense and say like, mm-hmm. no, but here's what it really is. And you know, it's a little bit of a shell game. The thing is, I, I have to say, like, if we're gonna, if we're gonna like make confessions, I actually really love a lot of things about science too. Um, because I love the natural world. I, I especially am really interested in animal science. I, you mm-hmm. know, so, and this is like kind of out of favor. I once talked to a biologist who was like, yeah, cell biology is sort of like the hot thing. And if you yeah. study actual creatures, like you're sort of a pariah. And he was only studying like tiny creatures. He was studying moths, which is not like a puma or something, but like yeah. still, um, but nevertheless, right. like I, I love no, I a think lot this of, really, well, okay. so I was just going to say, I love a lot of things that science can tell us. I just, I think I'm, I think, I just, I think I'm, I I feel, I think I feel threatened by its totalizing impulses. Yeah. But, and, and, and I guess I, I think that that makes total sense, but the, the, um, the solution is to just do what we need to do to keep science, to, to keep pushing science back into its lane. And maybe it's always Mm. trying to get out. You know, maybe, mm, maybe it, yeah, but, oh, good point. but, but the benefits of science are tremendous and, and it's just a question of keeping it, keeping it in line. It's, you know, we, we've got a, it's, we've got the wolf by the tail here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and is, it, is that the end that you want? M- maybe not, but we have it, you know, like <laughs> okay. we're, it's not like we're going to get rid of it. Like, yeah, you know, that's, that's the thing about getting the wolf by the tail. It's, you, you can't let it go. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. So we need to just kind of keep do what we need to do to keep it pointed in the right direction, which is yeah. making predictions about the natural world and, <laughs> and not letting them and not letting the scientists tell us that that decisions about how to use those predictions or how to use that knowledge aren't, aren't political. Yeah. And I think I want to like put like some wonder and imagination back into it because I think yeah. some of the best scientists really they really cultivate that. And, and I think like the, the globe science boosters that it's the opposite of that. They're like, we know, we know a thing and that makes us better than you. And I think a lot of people who are really true scientists are like, but isn't this sort of like fabulous and full of mystery. And we should sort of like have some respect from that for that instead of just like militating it against other people. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's just an added attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think uh, uh, I think we have have we kind of come to some some resting points. I think so. I think we did just there at the end. I think I thought yeah. that was a pretty good, pretty nice place to stop. Yeah, me too. Uh, so uh, sorry about beating up on you for the last hour, science, but you had it coming. And yeah, you really did. Scientists, please, really, we'd we'd love to hear from you. This we this really could, would. This could be an episode where we finally like really piss people off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd I'd love to hear about that. Um, so go to our page, our, our website, tmwiw.net. Uh, there's a contact form there. You can listen to all our old episodes. Um, I don't know. Maybe you can do some other stuff. I forget. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe in iTunes. Even here's, here's a little secret. If you want to help us out, even if you listen to our show in something else, it's actually really helpful if you go subscribe in iTunes, uh, like even if you don't actually download it or listen to it, because because that just helps us get a little more juice in the iTunes searches. Um, anything else, Sophie? I think that's about it. Is that it? Okay. Oh, uh, follow me on Twitter, Amos Worth. Follow the show at TMWIW Podcast. Uh, now, now I think that's it. Well, have a lovely day. Yeah, you too, Sophie, and you too, listeners. Um, mm-hmm. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Bye.